you look around the world and take a look, just big picture, big overview. If I look at the MSCI indices, if you look at the emerging markets, they're up about 17.6% so far this year, a little bit of volatility. And if I look at the uh, developed world, they're up about 16%. So emerging, outpacing, developed, just a hair. But we want to talk a little bit about what's going on in emerging markets specifically. Ben Kirby with us, Portfolio Manager at Thornburg Investment Management, based in Santa Fe, New Mexico, in our Bloomberg 1130 studio on this Wednesday. Nice to have you here with us. Thanks, Carol. And I should say, your portfolio manager uh, of the Thornburg Investment, uh, Thornburg Developing World Fund. It's a four-star, Morningstar-rated fund, beating nearly all of your peers in the past year, and about two-thirds of your peers over the past five years. Tell me about the emerging market environment. What do you see? Well, thanks, thanks, Carol. Um, so I think in the in the past couple years, the emerging markets have actually been the best asset class out there. So from the bottom, which was reached in January 2016, EM is up about 70 percent. And this year, they're up 17% in locals, but the but the currency is up another 10%. So in dollars, emerging markets this year are up about 33%. So, Ben, you've got everybody knocking down your door saying, here, here's my money, go ahead and invest. Uh, to to an extent. So, so what happened from 2013 to 15 was investors took a lot of money out of the emerging markets. About $150 billion came out of emerging market um, investments. Um, since Which that makes time, sense after such a run. After after such a run, and explains a lot of the reasons <laughs> that the stocks went down as much as they did. Since then, we've had about $50 billion come back into the emerging market. So roughly one-third of the money that went out has come back in. That's mostly going into passive, uh, but we do think that there's, there's probably still more room to run. Talk to me a little bit about your um, fund that you manage, um, the Developing World Fund, as I mentioned. Um, having a good month, and your five-year track record meeting, uh, beating a lot of your um, peers – What's the criteria for names? I'm looking at your number one holding, at least based on our latest data, um, Alibaba Group, Tencent, Samsung. These are some of your big holdings. Right. Baidu. So our objective is really to participate in, in an up market, but really to protect on the downside. So we have a quality bias in the portfolio. We want to own companies that have uh, solid balance sheets, that have uh, positive free cash flow. Is that the number one metric? That's 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 a key metric that we're looking for. So that's that's a very specific aspect of quality. It's a it's a it's a quantitative me- uh, metric of quality. Right. The other aspect would be growth. So if you have companies with a secular growth outlook, those companies tend to have an ability to transcend the economic cycle to some extent. So whenever the economy slows down, whenever emerging markets um, generally have a correction, in many cases the growth stocks uh, still have enough secular momentum behind them that they can they can transcend that slowdown. How often are you trading names or or do you often hold for several years? We, we we try to hold for several years. So of those yeah. of those you mentioned, Tencent has been in the in the portfolio for uh, pretty much since inception in, in, in two thousand nine. Um, but you know emerging markets are volatile and, and and asset prices move around a lot and that does drive some trading activity in the in the portfolio. Is there certain um, countries that you stick to? Or will you really, truly invest anywhere in the world? We'll invest uh, anywhere in the world. In general, we avoid the frontier markets mm-hmm. um, just because they tend to have even higher volatility and a lot of the currencies uh, dynamics were less positive on. But it is a diversified uh, global emerging market portfolio. So China's our biggest allocation, but we also have pretty significant weight in Brazil, Russia. So were you up early listening to everything out of the Congress, the Chinese Congress? It's a big week for them. I've, I've read some of the headlines, and I think that it, it certainly matters. It, it matters a lot. China is the most important country in the emerging markets. And whenever China is catching a cold, that, that definitely um, hurts a lot of the emerging markets. Indonesia, Brazil, 
um, a lot of their trading partners for commodities and also trading partners across the electronic supply chain get impacted whenever China slows down. So I think the tone and the policy direction coming out of China is really important. How much of how much exposure did you say that you guys have to China? About a third of the portfolio was in China. And so that's, a lot. Yeah, that's but 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 China economically is probably even more important than that within the within the portfolio and within the index. Right, because the impacts it have, right, has on correct. other other countries. When you look at the emerging markets, what do you see as being some of the more interesting trends over the next couple of years? So I think that you know one, one trend that we see playing out for many years is increasing consumer leverage in the emerging markets. So in the, in the U.S. and Europe, um, even in Japan, we're accustomed to consumers having fairly high debt levels. And mm-hmm. we've, 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 we've borrowed to buy houses, to buy cars, to buy flat panel televisions. In the emerging markets, for the most part, consumer debt levels are a lot lower. So as as consumers gradually lever up, that's a tailwind for economic growth. So we are looking for those countries with less levered consumers, which will provide, we think, a longer duration for that economic growth. Yeah, it's interesting. We certainly did see here uh, President Xi talking, you know, more and more, and increasingly so, about the domestic economy and the importance of it in China. That's right. That's that, that that's a big part of their policy objective. If they can shift to a domestic demand-driven economy. Ben, I mentioned some of the top holdings in your fund. Anything that's a new ad recently? So, uh, one one idea that we like a lot is actually in a an an out of favor region, uh, which is Russia. Ah. Uh, so 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 Russia is an area that is on many sanction. Uh, sanction lists and many investors are actually prohibited from buying Russian securities or if they do in-house there's a lot of uh, hurdles to jump through but what's interesting is Russia is at a different point in the economic cycle than the US or many other emerging markets so in the US we're in our ninth year of economic expansion so mm-hmm. it feels pretty good here we've had two percent GDP growth unemployment slow uh, Russia had a recession in 2015 and 2016 so Russia's in their first year of recovery so getting off the mat uh, there's a lot of potential, we think, for Russian assets to inflate. Interesting. Energy or banks? Uh, both. Um, one one stock in particular that I really like is an internet company uh, called Yandex. Yandex. So, so Yandex is a search engine. They compete with Google in, in, in Russia. Interesting. And they're also uh, a taxi company. So they uh, ride, ride, ride-hailing um Interesting. We'll have to check them out. Ben Kirby, Portfolio Manager at Thornburg Investment Management, joining us right here on Bloomberg Radio. 